The words budget and budgeting often carry negative connotations. It's not in the budget or let's sit down and take a look at the budget. For high net worth families though, it's not so much the negative connotations, it's that a budget seems unnecessary if you have comfortable salaries and a cushion when it comes to disposable income. And while we're not fans of the word budget either, we felt it was important to put it front and center to jumpstart the conversation about what high net worth families should think about when it comes to this topic. In this episode, we discuss cash flow management, perhaps a little accounting sounding, but a critical exercise to make sure you're not outspending your means and best putting your money to work. Welcome back to another episode of Give Me Some Truth. Uh, we're going to talk about cash flows today under the parentheses of budgeting. Uh, sometimes people don't like that word, but we're going to talk about it. And we, uh, I think we got a pretty good topic today. It, it's not your, your everyday like how do I budget for the grocery store topic? We're, we're going to talk about some higher, higher, you know, kind of level stuff. And I like that. Well, I think the big thing is that uh, the people that are supposed to listen to this won't listen to it. And right. the people that are just are on it and those sort of people right. that, that are the budgeters are going to be like, yeah, I've been waiting for this podcast. Right. Really want to do this. Yeah. So, so basically turn off your, your listening device. If you're waiting for like, how do I properly like set up a monthly budget? That's not what we're talking about today. No, that's, that's not what this is. This is to your point, Clint, the people that, and it's not trying to exclude people. What we're trying to get at is a segment of the population uh, that, that doesn't frankly keep a close enough eye on their monthly cash flow because their means make it such that they don't feel like they have to. Right, they they always have enough money in my checking account, i.e., I don't need to watch where I spend. And I think and Alicia had a a big hand in kind of spearheading this topic, and I think it's a great topic because just because we have the means to do something doesn't mean that we should or that we shouldn't track our expenses or we shouldn't understand where our money is going every month. And I think that segment of the population that is fortunate enough to make enough money where they don't have to live paycheck to paycheck, they need to still pay attention. And I don't know that they do as much as they should. Well, I like to frame it as you're aligning your cash flow with your values so that you are spending the money in the places that are important to you and not spending money in places where you don't really want to be spending money anyway. You know, and at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much money you're making. If you're spending more than you're bringing in, that's that's going to be a problem. And if you're not keeping an eye on what your spending looks like, you could end up in that situation without realizing. And I'm going to jump in one thing on that real quick. Um, not just spending more than what's coming in. You may have plenty of money coming in, but you still might be overspending because if your investments aren't where they should be by way of, of contributions, if you're not maxing 401ks, if you're not doing those things, just because you're not running a deficit every month doesn't mean you're being responsible with your money. Well, I want to pose this question to Alicia right off the bat here is she says aligning cash flow with values, which I think is really important. But uh, what happens if one of your values is maybe going on the golf course and, uh, you know, playing a little round for some money, a little bit of gambling? you know, a little bit of fantasy football. Is that a, is that a value? It, it could sure. be. Yeah, definitely. Right? I All mean, right. everybody has different things. And, and as long as it's something that you know, this is something that I do for fun and this is where I want to spend my All money. Right. And you're, it's going to look different for every person. You're going somewhere here in a couple of weeks uh, that costs money. Yes. Uh, where uh, I am going to Switzerland in October. Well, not that one. Sorry. Oh, not that one. one. You're going to a convention. Oh, yes. Gen Con. Okay. Yeah, Which? we we spend I the the line item on our budget for how much we spend on board games would 
would not be, I think, something that a lot of other couples deal with. But that's something where a lot of our weekends we're playing board games. A lot of our evenings, that's what my husband and I do to connect. We get together with friends and play board games. So for us, so there's value the there. value that we yeah. get from that, yeah. you know, the, the number of hours we spend playing those board games, like for us, it makes sense to spend the money doing that. I will tell you, we haven't talked about this in a long time. You, you uh, convinced me. Uh, after some arm twisting to get what, what's the train game? We just call it the train game at our house. What is oh, it? Oh, ticket to ride. Yeah, ticket to ride. Right. It's a good one. It's pretty awesome. But we got the European version, which Not I didn't like. Kind of realize right away. Not as good. And then I was like, oh, but th- th- what's interesting about it is you learn about you learn more about European, ge- you know, geographic, uh, you know, um, kind of question marks. I'll put them than 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 I than I knew before. Which, you know kind of how does this fit in with that you know what i mean you, you you know where the big countries are but then you start to see some of these cities and you're like oh interesting i didn't realize this was that close to that alicia are you a card game gal as well um like deck building no i'm not talking about pokemon okay. cards <laughs> no, uh, no 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 my son loves no that, like yeah. deck building like dominion is a deck building game where it's cards and you're sort of building a deck of cards in your hand and then playing out of that oh like a type no of- i'm more saying like um there's this game that I guess I would call it a board game with cards, right? I mean, it's it's not really a board game, but um, there's one called Cover Your Assets, which is really yeah. good. I really enjoyed that one too. There's another one too. Okay. Yes, for you there, there it does. There does not have to be a board for it to be, I guess, under the umbrella of board game. Exploding kittens, that sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah those can be really fun. Yeah. There's a there's a burrito kittens. one. Uh, yes, we almost bought that the other day. I know, I know what you're what talking about. One yeah, is, so. that's like kid oriented one that they yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we were we were over in Sun Prairie waiting for a table at Tipsy Cow, I believe. And there's like a game store, like two like two stores down from that. And we're like, oh, we'll just stumble in there. Yeah, there's. I mean, that that world is so different than what I remember. Like, holy cow, that's that world's changed a lot. Cards Against Humanity. Yes, I've done that one. That's a good. It's one not too. for kids. Not, not for kids. Not at all. Not safe for work. <laughs> not even a little. <laughs> all right, so that is your kind of you know uh, line item, if you will, that maybe everybody else wouldn't agree with. Um, how how do you go about justifying what amount is spent in that line item every month? What, what's an accept? How do you get to an acceptable amount? The amount doesn't matter. What's what matters is you justified that X amount is acceptable, whether it's what you like or you know gambling on the golf course or vacations, whatever it is. Yeah. How do you like recommend that clients think about what's an acceptable amount to spend? I don't know that we necessarily put a dollar amount on it. Sure. Um, because it depends from month to month. I mean, we will, yep. when we go to the month we go to Gen Con, is we spend more on board games in that month than we do on any other month. Sure. But there's sure. definitely, we kickstart a lot of games as well. And so sure. there's money that we spend there. Um, the other way, my husband likes to do solo board games. And so he will buy a lot more board games that he'll just play by himself. Interesting. And so the interesting way we handle some of the expenditures that he spends money on things that I am not interested in and I do the same, I spend way more on video games than he does. Um, we give each other an allowance. So we sure. each get a certain amount of money a month interesting. that we can spend on whatever we want. And that takes out the conflict. Right. I never have to get mad because he just spent however much money on yep. something that I think is stupid and I'm not going to use. Like we don't have that fight. Right. Um, and that's, you know, financial conflict is, can be a huge problem in marriages and is actually a huge predictor of divorce. And so if you can use cash flow planning and budgeting as a way to communicate with your spouse about right. how your spending is going. So you may not necessarily need a budget, 
But if you use that as a way to communicate with your spouse about how you're spending your yep. money, and then that communication reduces the conflict that you have around finances, you're going to have a happier marriage. Well, Clint, you and I have always talked about this, and, and, and I think we, we agree um, wholeheartedly on this when we work with clients. Our idea is if you're checking the boxes that, that we have for a client within their financial plan, and, and by checking those boxes, their long-term goals you know, work optional lifestyle and second home if that's what they want or whatever it might be. If those boxes are being checked and, and checked in a way that that kind of satisfies um, maybe not 100% success because that's not a thing in our world, but a very good likelihood of success, we're okay with clients then making other frivolous decisions with some of their quote remaining money because they've done the things that we need them to do to get their plan to work. Yeah, we always say tongue in cheek to our clients like, I don't care what you do with the rest of that money, you can just... Light it on fire if you want. <laughs> right, you really burn in the fireplace. Care. And you can burn in the fireplace if you'd like to. Now, I think that that's where we get a client. God, I hope that, nobody's actually taken that advice. I mean, <laughs> we are supposed to be fiduciaries. I don't know if that's a good. I don't know if that's the right thing for the fiduciary. Luckily, I don't have a CFP mark. Uh, Dan, no. make a note of that. We're not going to say that anymore. Remind me after this to we're taking do that out. Do not tell your clients don't, to light okay. their money no, on fire. No, uh, do that. So, but I think that. We'll leave them with that and say, okay, you know, financial plan, because I, I do believe that as financial advisors, we tell people, okay, it's not my job to budget for you. That's right. your job. Right. Like, there are certain things that we take on and we do, and we do all the discretionary investment management, and we, we get deep into the financial plan and understand all of that. But then we go, hey, that expense side, that's yours. You've right. got to do that. And that's where the conversation has to go in yes. uh, with everybody involved in the household. And that's where I see the biggest problem is that breakdown in communication where it doesn't happen. And somebody's, uh, you know, we talked about uh, prior to the podcast here, Alicia, the different kind of personalities that people have as far as spenders and, and not. Yeah. Research has actually shown that people who are typified as a spendthrift and people who are considered a tightwad often marry each other. Interesting. Um, so normally, Interesting. you know, you have people who are looking for somebody who's similar to them, but when it comes to spending characteristics, opposites attract. And, and it's sort of a way to balance yourself out, but yeah. then that can lead to conflict if you're not communicating about that. If you're not communicating about where right. you're spending your money or how much you're saving every month, then those two personalities can really butt heads and that can lead to problems. And one dominant personality over the other. Yeah. See, right. oftentimes we see one win out. Right. And so you see the two people in the room and the one person is constrained. You see the tightwad constraining everything yeah. and then they can't spend money or they don't feel like they do that. And I, I have some personal experience um, in this with family members and things like that. They constrain and then, then actually the personalities kind of meld together and sometimes that can be positive but sometimes it's super negative because right. they're like we can't do this and you're like wait a second i you know nate and i sometimes have to grab that client and be like look you can do it and we got to talk to the tight one and go dude you have like three and a half million dollars and you're like 70 years old and you're still feeling constrained right and you're not living abundantly right and i'm not saying you need to go have a yachting lifestyle but you know what you right. can you can upgrade the room that you have when well, you're taking the trip. We've I mean, seen the, what happens afterwards, right? They eventually die, right? And they eventually die, and then they have all of this money, and, and you know you, you didn't need to do these things that you were doing to yourself because you told yourself you had to. You, you know, and so I think at some point, and that's what I think is tricky for people, is that they understanding that being responsible with your money and budgeting and, and, and checking the boxes, as we like to say, is a, a responsible way to handle finances. However, 
right? There is a law of diminishing returns there. And I think people don't quite understand that, right? So if some is good, that doesn't mean that more is better. And so if you're checking the boxes and you're saving and you're being responsible, amping that up twofold beyond that so that you are crunching your budget down to, you know, we can't afford to go out to eat one time this month. That's a negative. So there, there's, there's, there's a point at which you can actually turn this conversation into a negative if you take it too far. Because I think it just, it hurts relationships then. I agree. And Alicia, I know you have a little bit more of a structured budget than at least I, I can't speak for Nate, but for myself, I don't have a super structured uh, budget, but it sounds like you have more of a format that's more structured. I do. And that, that started in college. And the interesting thing is when I first started, I have a budget spreadsheet that I keep, I track everything in it. I know where all of my money is coming and going every month. In college, I had to have that. I got financial aid twice a year. And if I ran out of money, then I ran out of money and that was it. So I had to budget very carefully in college so that I could afford to eat in December before my next financial aid came in in January. So I had a very different need then. However, I still use that spreadsheet, but for very different reasons. Now it's more of a cash flow thing. I know what expenses are coming up. I know how much cash is coming in and going out every month. And what that allows me to do is not only to make sure that my spending is aligned with my values, you know, making sure that I'm not spending in areas that aren't important to me so that I have the money to spend in areas that are important, but it's also so I can make the most efficient use of my cash so that I know how much cash I'm going to have left over at the end of the month or at the end of the year. And I can get that invested. So it's not just sitting in my checking account, barely earning any interest. I can put that money to work for me. That's a really good point. And that's another thing that we try to, um, we try to require that clients think about this in an objective way, which is, how much cash do you want to have available to you at any given time, right? Because if we can, if we can define that variable, then we know when we have, you know, double that amount or even, you know, that, that, you know, half as much more than we need to have, then we can invest that money. And I think when we don't define that variable, that cash position just floats. And I don't think people understand that they're the opportunity cost of leaving that extra cash in their accounts, in their checking account or savings account, and not having that money invested because they never defined that specific data point for themselves, i.e. we should have 20,000 in liquid cash. Okay, well, when it gets to 30, you clearly know you have 10 grand more than you need, so maybe that can get invested. But if you haven't defined that 20 is your number, well, you don't know that you have too much then in yep, cash. Yep, exactly, especially with inflation right now. Right. You know, that money's just losing purchasing power. And so you're you're not only missing out by not having that invested, but you're just you're just losing out because of inflation. Right. Well, as we're well. seeing the online bank accounts now actually start to come back and, and look attractive again. Yes. And you got you have to be very active with your cash right now, in my opinion. Yeah. Because if you're not looking at that and yes, right. it's a total pain to change banks. I just did. And ugh, yeah. What I do hate you want it. to know? SoFi. So, okay. Oh, okay. So, so, so you, yeah, you've been SoFi yeah. a, little, a little while. A little bit. Yeah. yeah a few okay, months yeah, right, now. Right. They, they have the highest APY right now. Now, two months from now, that right. could change. But um, right now, I think it's the highest, at least. Highest that we know of. That we know of. That's right. right. Thanks for this disclosure. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's I've used that. You know, they are paying better interest rates. But if you're just at a local credit union, they might be paying you 0.0 nothing on right. your checking and, right. and you're getting killed. So, I mean, you got to do everything you can there. Now, I have one thing that I think is interesting, too, is with people that earn more money, it's also uh, when, you, when you look at where they're spending their money and how they, when they start to take budgeting seriously, how they look at things yep. is very interesting because 
for example, uh, I have I have a friend of mine, and to protect the innocent, let's call him Bill Clickwood. Um, Bill Clickwood and I were having a conversation, and he was talking about the litany of streaming services that he had. That his, fam- that his family. family has. Right. Well, that he and his family have, right? Sure. Well, he doesn't watch that much TV. He reads a lot of books, so therefore he thinks it's something that he should eliminate from his, his family as any, any expense related to TV because that's not what he does, right? Right. Which is great. I love when people do that. They're like, right. I'm going to constrain the family because I don't like to do that. We'll love that. Love that stuff. <laughs> However, like if you're working on eliminating, you know, six ninety five a month month from your budget for Peacock, like while that might be okay, right? Not having a big impact on the overall family lifestyle, right? And yeah. so I think it's those big ticket items that people don't right. realize that end up creeping and constraining those budgets. Well, and, and to your point, like be very careful to all of a sudden decide within a five second period of time that you're going to start taking budgeting seriously, right? This is not the way to do this. You have to ease into this because otherwise the whipsaw effect of to you and your family of, oh my God, like we used to do things like this and now we're completely doing things different. A, it's not sustainable. B, the message will get lost in it of, of why we're doing this. So your, to your point, Clint, start with bigger items and, and go slower. Ease your way into this process. Don't just one day decide all of a sudden you're going to, you know, constrict and then you're not going to stay with it. It's just, it, it, it's like a crash diet. It's just not going to work. I have another friend that, that um, does very well for themselves. Um, and they've done all kinds of different budgeting tricks. And here is somebody that's earning an insane amount of money. And they were doing the envelope budgeting where they only had cash. Like you're like, dude, <laughs> you just bought a boat right. and we're doing that. Like right. it's not the, you know, it's not the little things. It's the big things that are having the big impact, right? Well, it's, a, yeah, it's, it's, it's a slippery subject from the standpoint, you can miss the forest through the trees by, you know, a country mile. And to your point, yeah. I mean, it, you, you can, you can lose the message real quick if you, if you don't, you don't correct what you're supposed to correct. So Alicia, what, uh, what, now you made a spreadsheet, but what other tools are you kind of aware of or what would you recommend for people to, well, there's to a want to get a better different handle? ways you can do it. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of online programs now. A lot of banks are getting more into allowing you to categorize what your spending is, you know, something like mint where you can hook up your bank account, your credit cards and categorize your expenses. So there's a lot of tools online now where you don't have to do kind of a lot of that grunt work and you can have software that does it for you. As long as you're willing to kind of go in and set up some categories for where your expenses are, it's a lot easier to see where your money's going. You can also just pull past credit card statements for the last six months. Like if you're the type of person who puts everything on a credit card and pays it off every month, that's what we do. Um, you can look at at the last six months and and ca- and it'll it'll generally give you some reasonable categories as a starting place, and if something seems really odd to you, you can dig deeper into that. And and certain things you're just going to look at and go, yep, that is what it is. Utility bills or you know groceries to some extent that is what it is. There's not going to be a lot you can do about those categories. But if you're looking at the entertainment category and it's larger than you were expecting, you can dig into that and see. So that's a good place to start if you want to look backwards or, you know, signing up for a service that will track your expenses going forward. So you're not having to kind of pull all that information out yourself. So there's a lot of good websites and software out there that'll help you do that. I think the word that you keep using, which I think is fantastic, is categorize, right? So the message today is not uh, stop spending so much money. The message isn't, you know, 
rein it in. That's not the message. The message is understanding from a categorical standpoint where money is going every month and then looking at that critically to say, am I comfortable with category A having X amount of dollars flow to it and category B having, you know, Y amount of dollars flow to it? Am I okay with that? Exactly. And I think that that's the, we're, we're not saying, you know, sign up for a strict budget. That's not the point today. The point today is better understand where your money is flowing on a monthly basis. And are you okay with those and numbers? Are you okay and that's going to that? be different yeah. for you. There's no right or wrong answer here. Right. One family may spend, you know, $500 a month going out to dinner. Another family may spend $1,000 a month going out to dinner. And one answer might be right for one family and one answer might be right for another, depending on their schedule and their values. And so it's deciding, does are we spending money where we want to spend it? Does this right. make sense for us? Yeah. Do, are we in agreement as if, if you're married, are you in agreement with your spouse as far as do we agree that this is where we want to be spending our right. money? Right. I think a good way to do it is to check where your savings is first. You know, as far as where yeah. am I saving in my long-term savings and am I hitting yep. those goals first? If you are, which hopefully you are, then check that box and yep. then moving on to intermediate and short-term savings and then looking at also your future goals. You cannot, you know, move up in-house, have a second home, you know, go out to dinner every single week and, you know, do $10,000 a year vacations and save for your retirement all in one fell swoop. It's probably not going to happen right. even with a really good, you know, big income for both both people in the household. It's probably not going to happen. So you have constraints there. And so you've got to, you know, constrain yourself enough to going, hey, look, I, I'm saving as much as I possibly can. So that's where I think financial advisors can help you solve for that number, which is, is really one of the most complex numbers right. of doing that, right? I mean, the blocking and tackling monthly budget is great, but, you know, really let's, let's see the big goal and what we need to accomplish so that long-term we're going to hit our goals. Well, and to your point, Clint, the, the idea of, of prioritize that first, right? Because we hear this sometimes with people where they go, I'm going to save what's left. Guess nope, what? You got to pay yourself There's first. There's never money left, yep. right? That's just not There's how that something works. That's gonna go always in. something's going to come up. And so if you if you save first, then everything else, you, your lifestyle will will adapt to what's left. Otherwise, if you just quote, save what's left, your lifestyle is going to adapt to every penny and then there won't be anything left. And Alicia, you, one of my favorite things that I see people do is uh, they have, you know, $300,000 a year salaries and then they go like, yeah, I can live on like 75 grand a year in retirement. And, in retirement. And, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Not gonna go. happen. Not no, gonna happen, not gonna right? Happen. No. It's never gonna it's happen. Gonna happen. Nope. Because I know, yes, savings is part of it, right? Right. But and then you're getting your social security and stuff like that. But you're like, no, you're not. You're not gonna. You're not gonna cut your lifestyle. Right. By seventy five. Well, it happens slowly over time. You know, you, the, it's lifestyle creep. You know, as your income goes up, so right. does your expenditures, and you have to make an effort to not have that happen. And that can look like automatically increasing your retirement contributions each year, right. automatically increasing your savings contributions each year. You know, as you get a raise, don't just let that money go into that bucket where you spend it. You have to make a conscious effort every year to reevaluate and, and not allow that to happen. Otherwise it's just going to keep going up and up. Right. Or if something happens in your life, i.e. you pay off a car, right? Don't stop paying that car payment. Yeah, take hey, that $1,000 car payment exactly. and do something with it or right. it's, you're just going to spend it. Right, exactly. And, and we, we see that a lot with people. If they take, they take they get a promotion and all of a sudden, we always tell them that, that first paycheck when that new that new amount shows up, do something right away because if you wait three paychecks, you are there's no way you're going to then start saving that money at that point. So I'll pose the question it. before we get into the answers. 
so you can think about it for a second. What's one thing that you did as far as a lifestyle creep? What's one thing that you did that kind of was a treat that you enjoyed for yourself? And what's one thing that you now regret as you kind of went up and you creeped your lifestyle up? What's one thing that you regret that you thought was fairly frivolous? Interesting. I think one one thing for me, you know, especially coming out of college and getting my first job and realizing that I didn't have to buy the absolute cheapest beer anymore. <laughs> I could afford to buy good beer. And that that was a really nice realization. You know, and it wasn't it wasn't some crazy expense, but it was just realizing that I didn't have to go for this bargain basement beer that didn't taste good. I could actually afford to buy something that what I actually enjoyed. Keystone? And I, the Keystone? What was your Oh, is it uh, uh, Bush Light, right? Milwaukee's best. Milwaukee's best. Milwaukee's best. The Beast. The beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, unfortunately. Sense. Danny's laughing. Danny, are you familiar with Milwaukee's best? Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> what? Milwaukee's best premium. I didn't know there was a thing. I know there's ice. Whenever <laughs> yeah, was I ice remember that when you and I were in college, that was a big. Everything thing. Everything was ice. Everything was ice. Ice, ice house. house. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. You had yeah, and everything came in in that variety. But uh, all right. Well, so oh, the frivolous one. No, or was that? No, no, no. The, yeah, that wasn't the frivolous. That's no. definitely not frivolous. No, no, no that no, was. I, I very much enjoyed being able to upgrade um, right. when it came to that. I, I'm trying to think if I had a frivolous one, you know, because the things that we spent money on, um, traveling, board sure. games, th- those were again all things that made sense to us, right? Um, and were were areas that we were happy to spend our money on, especially traveling. That's something that I've always. I probably spend a lot more money on traveling than most people, but that's something that's really important to me. I would rather spend money on an experience than on stuff. Sure. Sure. Do you, what have do you it? Uh, I Or do you want me to go first? No, I got, yeah, go ahead. I don't, I, yeah, I get the first one. Well, the, the first, the one that I did, and I'll just share a couple most recent ones. Um, number one thing that I liked, I, I recently, and I've seen, this is, this is solely due to Nate Condon, I recently bought a pocket knife, oh, like a legitimate yeah, pocket that was, knife that, that you can buy. Kind of, that was a very and, good buy. And, uh, you know, I said, Nate, I want to buy a legitimate one. Yep. I've never spent any money on stuff like that because I consider it to be frivolous in the past. I tell you what, love it. I carry it all the time with me now. Mm-hmm. I, it's great. I mean, yes, do I use it 90% of the time to cut open boxes? That's Absolutely. okay. Absolutely. That's all right. But, you know, someday I'll have, I've cut twine with it. Yep. I've done all kinds of stuff like that and never knew that I needed it. And, uh, you know, I spent the money. And if I hadn't had the means to do that, well, you know, right. I might not have ever done that. There you go. So thank you. I appreciate okay. that. Uh, frivolous, I, I would say my biggest issue when I make purchases that I later regret, it's because I didn't uh, do the cost-benefit analysis and buy the actual more expensive thing that has the features that I actually want. Oh, yeah. That, see, that's a good call because I was kind of thinking about that's the one I was struggling on too. And that now that you mentioned that, that's actually, that's a good way to look at it. Frivolous doesn't mean like I bought something. You would think it means I bought something expensive that didn't live up to whatever the hype, right? But that's an interesting way to look at it is it doesn't always have to be like that. It can actually be something that you tried to buy on the cheap and then you were like, why did I do this? This is stupid. I went halfway. I bought I bought a smoker, which I like. Oh, yeah. I like smoking right. meat. I went up. I upgraded. Yeah. I went to the next level. All I needed to do was spend a few more hundred bucks and I could have gotten like, the big green egg, which yep. is what I ultimately want. Right. It's I wanted want that whole thing and I wanted, right. I just should have done it, you know, but right. I didn't. So I hit the half step and now in a year or two, I'll end up selling that. And I'm, what I'm going to do is I'll keep it longer than I want to keep it. Sure. Cause I immediately, I want to get rid of it tomorrow and right. buy my big green egg. 
but I'm not going to because you have that sort of sunk cost thing that goes in your head. And now I'm going to take a loss on the thing that I bought in the meantime. So I keep that longer and then I'm going to end up buying. God, it's surprising. I I thought you were going to mention, um, 11 boxes that you have in your basement. That's what I thought you were going to mention. 11 boxes. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Boxes of what? Uh, uh, if Courtney's listening right now, she knows exactly what I'm Air Jordan to. Uh, golf <laughs> shoes that I bought. I was convinced that this particular model, because of how it looked, and back in the day, I used to sell shoes. So, like, way back in the day, that's how I learned everything about sales, is that I sold shoes through college and mm-hmm. through what, starting, like, when I was 14, all the way until I was, like, 22 years old. So, I, I sold shoes. Tra- trade home. Trade home? No. Where did you What's sell that? shoes? Trade home Warehouse shoes? shoes. Warehouse shoes. Warehouse shoes, who now became famous where they bought them. That's right. Um, and then Active Sports, which is now Wisconsin Active Sportswear here in Madison. Right. And they don't sell shoes anymore. They got rid of them all after I after I retired from being a shoe salesman. They sold off all the shoe sense. business, obviously. Um, so, yes, I, I, I bought those. And uh, regretfully, they still – they made a ton of them. Nike did. And that really – Really well, you thought there was going to be scarcity. I did. I did. So now I have a few pairs, just yeah. a few. And now I have to let them sit for a while and uh, mature until they're ready to. Well, sell. I still have two boxes of Beanie Babies in my basement. Nice. Oh, so I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those are worth nothing now. I, I should have sold my Princess Diana bear when it was worth oh. $1,000. And now, you know. What is that worth now? No, I mean, nothing. I, I, could, I could probably give it away and nobody would want it. We, I actually donated a bunch of them because um, there's some program for kids where you can donate Beanie Babies and it's, wow. you know, just to get them out of my house. Oh my Hopefully God. she took the right off on the top price. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I did not. <laughs> Nate, regrets? Uh, I'll start with the other one first. So the other one was, um, the, was the house that we just bought. And because... It's, it's just, it's so unique and it's just, it's not that it's just like another house, but it's just so unique in terms of what it is that that one was like, yep, we got that right. Even though, you know, were we looking to move at the time? Not really, but at the same time it was like, okay, we got to get this like that, that one, the frivolous one. I think you're right in terms of your like idea that it's, it's buying something that just you tried to you tried to save money and you shouldn't have, which is really interesting in the context of this conversation because we're talking about budgeting and cash flow, which lends itself to thinking, you know, restrict, right? Like save versus, but yet at the same time, uh, spending more in a lot of cases is the right decision if it's getting you the quality that you that you want and that you you kind of needed to have. Well, because that product lasts longer. You know, if you if you buy a really nice pair of boots... That's right. going to last you for 10 years versus right. buying a cheaper pair where you're going to have to be buying, replacing right. them every year. Right. You know, ultimately in the end for some of these things, if it's something you use a lot, right. you're going to save money by buying the higher quality, the more right. expensive thing. Well, my thought on that, I've kind of got, I've gotten to the point in my life where, where I, things go in two categories now. It's either disposable or it's like long-term. That's it. In, in the disposable category, for, which is interesting for some people to hear this, like to me, like a flat screen TV, that's disposable now. Like I'm not going to spend two grand on a flat screen TV because I'll buy one that's nice but not crazy expensive. There's no point in, in that because when it goes bad, you're not getting flat screen TVs fixed anymore. That's not how that works. You're going to throw it away. Unfortunately, that's how the world is now, and you're going to buy another one. So when it gets to stuff like that, I just that that's a disposable item in my head. You know, now or something else. You know, I might spend more for the regret, and you'll like this, is what I didn't buy. 
somebody listening to this will know and will be upset with me when I say this, but I had the opportunity down in Austin, Texas to buy cowboy boots. And I didn't. And the person that I was with was adamant that we were going to do this. And then I said I was going to do this. And then when we got to the boot store, I didn't do this. And so he was pretty frustrated. But I probably should have done that. That's why I look back on it and go, time, place, where I was at. I probably should have done that. And I didn't. You'll have another opportunity at some point. Probably, yeah. I think you need to buy a cowboy hat, too. Kind of well, with your land. we, you know, we'll... we'll let, let the uh, production secrets out right here. We've uh, recorded a podcast before this one, uh, and the uh, topic came up of, like, cha- you know, the, the beard of, you know, because of the, the land that, that we have now, the house that we bought, do I need to have a beard? I don't know if you're a beard guy at all. I don't know. Griff brought it up last night, and he's like, how can it was kind of one of those that kind of hit him, like, we have this property now. Why don't you have a beard? You should have a beard. I was like, yeah, you're right. I should have a beard. Alicia, it grows like all patchy. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, no. It's, terrible. it's, it's we'll a long term. How much land yeah. do you have now that you feel a beard is required? Like, what's, is there a certain amount of acreage well, that puts you into that beard category? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know what that is. We have 86 acres. So I think that qualifies, but I don't know what the line is yeah. for where a beard. I don't know, five maybe? The, sec- five the second, you can grow a beard the second that you hire goats to eat your invasive weed species. Right so now. there you right go. Now. Right now. We talked about this in the previous podcast as well. Um, that Mitch wants Danny to put up a, a, an image, one of the photos we have for people. And then the, the thought came up was, why don't I have a live stream going right now? True. And why don't you have a hashtag of like goat selfie and just <laughs> everyone in your family selfies with goats. So last night we, okay. So the backstory on this is, is we, we hired a, a woman that has her goats. Uh, to, we hired her goats. That was going to be my question. Do you have goats? Not yet. Next year, okay. this is coming though. But right now we have the front part of our property is full of invasive species and, and it's you know just nasty in the summer. We didn't know this because we bought the property in January. Um, and so we figured out that there's a, you can hire goats to come on your property. So right now there's 41 goats on my property just mowing stuff down. And the great thing is they don't care. They eat everything. <laughs> it's insane. Like thistles, they don't care. They'll eat it all. Uh, so when they're done, then uh, next year, I think we're going to get between five and 10 goats. So this is a weird question, but do they eat your grass? They can. They will. If you put, if you put them up there, they will. The woman that we got them from basically said that they're, they're born to be like, like, uh, uh, like living lawnmowers. And that's their purpose in life. So they won't they won't cut it down to the point where your grass is being harmed. They'll trim it. No, I think nice they haircut. will. I think so. Right, right. Yeah, I know. Right. I can't so. wait for goats and chickens. I was like, going to say, are you going <clears> to <throat> are you going to get any other animals? Probably backyard chickens are a big probably thing. Probably right chickens. Um, Griff is very much wanting a duck, so we'll probably have to get a duck, maybe maybe multiple ducks. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. A duck and some friends so the one duck doesn't get lonely. Probably, yeah. I would love heritage pigs. Oh. But But then... Yeah, yeah, you would like them for a reason. Yeah, I would would too. (laughs) Here's some delicious, you know, condit family ranch. Yes. Uh, Yeah. yeah, Smoked meat. I mean... See where it goes. Circle of life. We'll see where it goes. Selena, circle of life. You have to appreciate that. Right. Selena. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it's how it all works. That's right. How it all goes. That's all right. So. 
I, I think that back to um, some of the regrets that you have as you uh, make purchases, I feel like that's um, every sort of piece of camera equipment and audio equipment that Dan's purchased over the last year, he's upgraded. So he's learned a valuable lesson as well, as well. We've been through a few iterations. I'm not sure who's learned the lesson. It's sounding great now, Dan, though. Yeah, yeah after a, After a few tries at this. Iterations. Wow. That and camera equipment. Wow. Yeah. Holy cow. My husband went through the same thing. He does a lot of photography. And when he first got into it, he he sort of wanted the best of everything. Well, what's the best lens? What's the best camera? And he was you know spending a lot of money getting kind of the best. And then at some point he realized he takes a lot of photos when we go hiking. And some of the best lenses are very heavy. Oh. And so now oh. he's in this process yeah. of replacing yeah. a lot of these really high-end heavy lenses with lenses that are still really nice, but are a lot lighter and he can carry when we Best go on these long hikes. for him. Yes. That's what he missed. Yeah. That's yep. the part he missed. That's exactly. What happens. All right. Let's wrap it up here. We, uh, I, 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 again, I like this topic. I think this is good. We, uh, we, we might, we've toyed with the idea of maybe having another topic like this in offshoot. We'll tease that uh, about lifestyle creep. We'll see if we actually record that one here in a future episode. Maybe of- Dan could play like, uh, you know, Seven, eight seconds of Radiohead's Creep. I'm glad I'm not the only one who was thinking that. Exactly, exactly. Great great minds think alike. Right, how long can you play it before you get a letter from Radiohead's legal team going, (laughs) yeah, you can't do that anymore? Dan will try it. We'll figure it out. Thank you for listening to another episode of Give Me Some Truth. Walkner Cotton Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Registration with the SEC does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The opinions expressed by the participants of this podcast are their own and do not reflect the opinions of Walkner Cotton Financial Advisors. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Thanks for listening, and for further information, please visit walknercondon.com.